Warning, this podcast is rated not safe for work for profanity, sexual innuendo, and general silliness. <laughs> I missed it. Kev, say it again. I said a lot of men have that same problem. They can't find the button. Yeah. <laughs> Could not find the record button. That, that's how that happened. All right. So welcome back to the Macabre Academy, Lunatic Asylum Part 2. Electric Boogaloo. Yes. So Kev decided to stay on for episode two. We didn't bore him to death. And we got Dexter. You got me, Steffi. And finally, Brandy! You're all way too energetic for me. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, we're drunk. There's a difference. Yes. Well, Kev's not coming. I'll turn it down a little bit for you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, Kev. You're starting to get out of hand. I don't, I don't know how we're going to keep continuing the podcast today with you being so ra- unruly. I know, just a rowdy motherfucker. Brandy, nobody can see you doing that. This is an audio medium. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to get on Patreon to find out what she was doing, because I'm not even telling you now. It's forget it. Mm-hmm. I'm over it. She's shitmunking now, though. Listen, I've almost died. Give me a minute to eat my fucking dinner. God damn. How'd you almost die? I was laughing and chewing and like just dead. Oh, I thought like a rotisserie oven fell on you or it was almost fell oh, on you or something. No, do I not, wish. Do not aspirate your dinner. Do not do it. Listen, if I die, I die. It's fine. <laughs> it's, her t- it's her time. Hey, when you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> right? Like I've accepted it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me up. Well, speaking of dying, lots of people were doing that in the insane asylum. It's storming. Yeah, it's, it's right a back shit on show. Yeah. So I was trying to tell Brandy she missed a sex scandal, a lot of masturbation, you, the Utica crib. She missed electroshock therapy, insulin therapy, hydrotherapy. And that was just the 20 minutes between when we were recording. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Also, you missed the first game of baseball ever played. Yes. At an insane asylum. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the Civil War. You missed the entire Civil War. God damn it. That's my favorite. See what happens when you sleep late? You just, you work just, late? You just five years of it. You know, like, sometimes you just got to work like a 19-hour day, and it's fine. It's know? the big just box to go star. back you're, in tomorrow. You're expendable, you know? Yeah. Just it's fine. Fucking kill me. It's fine. Oh, Kev, I didn't explain this dynamic to you. I work in the bakery at the big box store. Dex, you Brandy's work- my boss. Yeah. I'm her boss. They're in a different department than me. And I stole Dexter's job. Yeah, And bitch. I'm the youngest one here, but I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. Can you I'm handle all this estrogen going on right now? I'm, I'm the middle child. I'm the baby. I'm the old lady. I'm older than you. Shut the fuck up. Wait, wait how much? I'm like 9,000 years. Oh, yeah. Well, if, let, let's see. Is this normal <laughs> age or Steph ages? Because Steph ages are like three centuries. Well, he's a curmudgeon and I'm a grumpy old lady. So it works out with you. What am I? And then you come and then you come to where I work and get hammered and we have a great time. Yes. Wait, why? Like I am now. No, Steph always, when Steph comes over to my work, she's like, I can't come. I don't have anybody to drive me home if I when I drink. I'm like, I'll drive your ass home. Just come out here already. 
he picked me up drunk outside of my cigar shop in the middle of the fucking summer one year. I just you I know, got I was, so... I was literally just thinking about that story during the first recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was at Howl at the Moon. I got mad at the people I was with. And I left and I walked all the way to uptown. And then I call Kevin. Him and his wife come valiantly to scoop up a drunk staff and take her we home. Left, we left dinner that night to come pick your ass up. <laughs> this is the love I have for Kevin. It was, it was probably for, for the good of all. You have, to, you have to watch out for me. My drunken shenanigans, okay? It's fair. But what's not a drunken shenanigan that needs to happen is, is the podcast freaking episode yes <laughs> well at least half of the people on the call aren't drunk so are you I mean, not drunk either not yet i'm just really tired it's okay i have to be in bed in like an hour okay so let's get let's get moving then yes okay so all that bullshit was going on in the hospital and then we have 1949 the charleston gazette graphically revealed the crisis growing in the West Virginia Hospital for Insane. That is the Trans-Allegheny as we know it so far. So 1,800 patients were sleeping in hallways and common rooms. Activity spaces were converted into these dormitories to hold all these patients. And there was dozens. a university dorm at this point. (laughs) Well, these beds were pretty close together, too. No social distancing? (laughs) No social distancing. So what was interesting about this dynamic, though, is the center of the facility still let the public come tour and hang out with the model patients. And the further out you move from center, the more disturbed the soul, because they were trying to shield the visitors from these unsightly persons and the ghastly smells that accompanied them. Ready for this? Brandy, it's your favorite. Wait, so Dex would be all the way on, like, the other end of the building because she smells so bad all the time? You're awful. Fuck you! <laughs> I forgot to mention Brandy's notoriously mean to Dex. She gives her the tough love. I get the soft love. I forgot to mention that as well. Spankings for everybody. Yes. No. Spankings. Don't fucking touch me. Oh, the spanking! Dex knew what I was talking about, Monty Python. And then the oral sex! <laughs> I guess I could say a bit longer. I'm a nun. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> this is getting a little perilous. <laughs> Just stay for a little peril. It's fine. Okay, so to the gross stuff. Yeah! There was you only... mentioned the oral sex. <laughs> That's not gross. gross. That's desirable. That's so gross. Debatable. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna hit like two girls, one cup territory here for a moment. I never saw it. You know, I know the guy who funded that. You did? I do. Yeah, I know the guy who funded that. How do you know the guy who funded it? It's a long story. (laughs) All right, I'm getting cliff notes later. Brandy, fight me. (laughs) (laughs) You ate your dinner. here I was muting when I was burping earlier. I should have just fucking rolled with it. I told you everything is fair game. It's the Macabre Academy. I was trying to Listen. make her editing easier. No. No, we fuck leave that. that. We leave in. it in. <laughs> we don't edit that shit out. Have you not listened to us? We're trash. <laughs> I'm trash. 
<laughs> okay. So gruesome. Yeah, well, this is unsightly. Oh, good. There was only one toilet for every 60 patients, and the bathrooms were often unkept. The it men- like a college dormitory. <laughs> Actually, those women <laughs> in the fucking college dormitories were gross as fuck. They would leave used tampons in the showers. It was disgusting. I'm like, wow. Well, I know. You- I'm like, who are you people? Yeah, there was one girl that was so excited that she urinated on her bed that she ran up and door up and down the hall screaming, I peed on my bed, I peed on my bed. And I'm like, get <laughs> And this is the same girl that didn't like having the pansexual in her dorm because she thought I wanted to fuck her. I'm like, I have better standards than that, honey. You're gross. Gross. Anyway. <gasps> like this girl, many of the patients could not control their bodily functions. And no amount of disinfectants or sanitizers could do anything for the stench. Worse yet, let's get this visual in your mind. There are these people that are crazed, barely wearing any clothes, like rocking back and forth and pacing these dilapidated hallways. They would strip themselves of clothing and walk barefoot on these splintering floors. And they're wood. So they have accumulated the smell of urine and feces from over a century. Like, you can't just rip out the carpet and start over. So it's in there. Yes. So, like I mentioned in the part one, uh, many tenants had zero training, and the quarters were often padlocked to keep these wayward souls in. And weirdly enough, the asylum still was not blamed because it was notoriously underfunded. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, they decided that the only hope to save their asylum was an experimental surgical treatment from Europe. I know you know Lobotomies! I was going to say, is it lobotomies? Because I'm fucking excited. Yes. It was originally known as a leukotoma name, blah, 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 blah. L-E-U- uh, what now? Yeah, I can't say it. I, I practiced and then I'm drunk. It's L-E-U-C-O Tommy. T-O-M-Y. Cotton. Wait, what? Automy? L-E-U. Leukami? Leukon. No. That's the original name for lobotomy. I like lobotomy better. Listen, so I be- just want to stab some brains. <laughs> well, to discuss the ice pick surgery, we have to look at Walter Freeman. Okay. Okay. He didn't invent it. Throwing that out okay. there. He was the product of a wealthy Philadelphian family with a pedigree already established in the medical field. So he earned his undergrad from the prestigious Yale before going to the University of Pennsylvania Medical School. Ironically, the rival to the University of Pitt Medical School, which I attended. Not the school, the medical part, but the university. Whatever, I'll shut up. Yeah, Pitt and Penn State are pretty rivalry. Uh Uh-huh. It's so Uh fucking stupid. Penn State and UPenn are not the same school. Which no. what's UPenn? Univers- there's Penn the State University of Pennsylvania. And then University of Pennsylvania. Where's that at? That's Philly. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been to Philly. I was supposed to go to I I okay, I I see the difference. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought it was the same. Thank you. Well, yeah, one's Ivy League, one, you know, lets a child rapist run around for decades. Ah, uh, yeah, you're not Damn. wrong. Damn. I went to you Penn just, State. I'm allowed to talk shit. Okay, I was like, you just called them out oh, like on, that. Fuck. So on the topic of Philadelphia, 
I say that we all go for a visit and go to the Mooder Museum. I don't we could do drive. That. So what do you mean you don't train? drive? You drove us all the sheets the other day in the middle yeah. of work. Yeah, no, I don't drive. I think she far. went long distance. We got to get Brandy out of her bubble. She has a notorious bubble. I okay. have a bubble, but I also have a broken butt bone that doesn't let me drive in long car rides. Well, okay. we'll, we'll a take car, a train. It'll be fine. Rent a car. I'll drive. Steph and I will hit up B&B when we're in Philly. Perfect. Okay. Can we get like a big enough car that I can just sleep in the trunk? Yes. Well, clearly we're running an SUV. Done. Clearly I'm just going to sleep in the trunk. It's fine. I'm small. She is. We'll She's get an back there for you. It'll be fine. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Justine. Tall. I'm small. Yeah, but I'm tiny. No, I'm I'm gonna defend Dex on this one because she's short and skinny. You're tall. I was gonna say I'm tiny. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I can fit in my fireplace. So she's a contortionist and a skinny tall bitch. You this two can not- do whatever you want in the back. Steph and I will just smoke the front of the, the car up and be fine. <laughs> 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 done done deal listen I'm just gonna drug myself with Benadryl and go to sleep I was gonna say I know what she's doing <laughs> <laughs> so right. asylums yes asylums mm-hmm. lobotomies <clears throat> I want to see if you're gonna tell the history of lobotomy that I know alright well I'm telling it through the lens of Walter Freeman so hang in there with me so okay World War II erupts and he has to enlist for service, temporarily suspending his studies. And he winds up in New Jersey, putting the rivets in ships. However, his family decided that's above his pedigree. And they used their influence to change I think you his mean below. That, yes. Below. His pedigree. And they changed his post to the Medical Reserve Corps. So he returns to Philly to complete his studies after the war. I just wanted to put the riveting thing in your head because he was drilling holes in the ships and punching, you know, whatever. We got it. Good. All right. So he winds up getting his doctorate in the relatively new field of neurology. But what he really loves is pathology. So he's kind of doing what Dexter's doing, playing with them fucking chickens. He's just in the back. (laughs) tampering with brain tissue and cross sections of spinal cords for fun that's you and your damn chicken lover dex her and her damn i found an organ go away she texted us pictures of an organ she found in a chicken it was was fred his name was fred listen your job is to stab the chickens put them in the oven and sell them to people not to look for organs. I didn't look for the organ. I found it. All I find is like fat in them that I rip out of like their vagina areas. The chickens have vaginas? I don't know. The area that Dex makes looks like vaginas. <sighs> I don't do it on purpose. I think I'll use a whole chicken if somebody wants to run it over to my house. I got to throw it in the smoker. <laughs> uh, you know what? You're not making chickens sound appealing to me, by the way. I couldn't eat chickens. I couldn't eat meat for a month after I helped Dexter rotisserie for one night. <laughs> Listen, so vicious. I never want to see a rotisserie chicken again, but I have to go in at 5 a.m. tomorrow, so I don't get that choice. All right, so let's distract you and go back yeah. to Walter Freeman. In 1923, he proceeded to the La Salt and Pepper. Salt Petire? Uh, it's French. I'm trying to make it German. What the fuck? 
Anyway, it's this famous French neuro- neurological, neurological neurological yes institute where even Sigmund Freud was a pupil, and I was literally just talking to my therapist about how Sigmund Freud is a quack. He's a crazy person. Anyway, okay, so Walter was offered a post as the supervisor of pathology at St. Elizabeth's Asylum, which was designed also according to the Kirkbride plan in Washington, D.C. He preferred working with the dead corpses over the patients. So if, he, if, if, the, if the patient he was working on was still alive, he, was, he met them with disdain and ambivalence. I meet the, I meet the living the same way. <laughs> Where are goddamn like, mass people? I don't like dead people. So you would be the opposite of Freeman. I'm a haunted bitch. I don't need more dead people in my life. Okay. I hate the living. Mm. Seriously, where are goddamn mass people? My only issue with dead people is I keep wait every time I I am in front of a dead body, I wait for it to wake up and like pull <sighs> some zombie shit. So like, oh, yeah, that's um, my only issue. Like, no, you're gonna you're gonna be the one that just opens your eyes. It'll be me. Don't worry, we're gonna play on this stuff. We just gotta fuck with her a little bit. Okay. In 1935, there was the international. Neurological Congress in London. This is where Freeman meets Portuguese neurosurgeon Igaz Moniz. Now, this is the guy who has this radical new leukotonomy surgery or the lobotomy. Okay, so Freeman maintains this lengthy correspondence with Moniz, who invented it. And he finds out that an ice pick is manipulated through the skull via the eye socket to sever neural connections in the frontal lobe of the brain. Moniz was adamant that the brain was now forced to forge new connections and pathways to eliminate aggression and dangerous emotional reactions. And he claimed that this method improved symptoms in five out of six patients. Fun fact for you, one of the patients who survived one of these treatments emptied a five-round revolver into Moniz. Uh, he survived, though. That is not what killed him. Ooh. So I guess he was the, the one out of the six that did not go well. <sighs> Freeman studied now. He studied really hard. All these articles, medical journals, and he set his sights on becoming the first doctor in America to perform the lobotomy and he even spent a lot of time practicing on cadavers to practice for his first attempt at the surgery so he's literally setting himself up and manages to obtain his goal of being the first doctor to perform the surgery so the it was done on a mentally ill woman that was about 60 years old and she's unnamed i didn't find her name but her husband enthusiastically filled out the permission slip for the experimental procedure. Of course he fucking did. Yeah, I did. So the procedure is as follows. Number one, clean and shave the scalp. Number two, mark the spot on the bridge of the nose, between the bridge of the nose and the eye socket in which to drill your hole and then drill it. Number three, insert ice pick in an arch motion to sever the connections in the frontal lobe. So his first attempt at this took 
just under an hour. And the patient was sent home two weeks later. Now the husband's like, eh, she's kind of childlike at times, but she's chill as a cucumber. So of course it was heralded as a success and 40,000 procedures followed in the United States alone from this one procedure. Is that how you know the ice pick lobotomy to be next? Um, to my, to my memory and my knowledge, no. Okay. But we can, I don't remember it well enough right this second. So maybe that can be an additional Patreon video. Cool. All right. So Freeman has his best buddy. He has his BFF who becomes the director at the Western Insane Asylum. And it was in dire straits, remember? They were grossly underfunded with hopelessly inadequate facilities. So their only hope was this radical new procedure. So this director reaches out to Freeman. And for some reason, despite the desolation of the hospital, Freeman sees this glorious opportunity and accepts a post at Weston. And he was given both the new medical facility and the entire third floor of the new tuberculosis ward to practice and perfect the ice pick lobotomy. Freeman became a lobotomy machine. By 1952, he had completed 787 ice pick surgeries, 225 in the span of only 12 days. He streamlined the process of converting an agitated adult to a drooling adolescent within under 10 minutes. And West Virginia had the highest per capita rate of lobotomies in the nation as a result. He even That explains so much. My favorite part is that he crossed the country in his lobotomobile offering bargain basement brain surgeries. By the end of his campaign, he boasted that one in 10 mental cases in West Virginia was lobotomized at his hand. Fun fact for you, though, criticized for his lack of hygiene and immense ego, both of which were reckless. Freeman was always acting as if he was performing. So in one instance, he's doing an ice pick lobotomy and somebody wants to snap a photo. It's a great opportunity. And as take a selfie. Yes. And as Sounds like Joe Exotic. Mm-hmm. As he's turning, the ice pick breaks off in the woman's brain and becomes permanently dislodged in her face. Also, he never sterilized his instruments or his tools. So he kept his favorite set in his street clothes so that he could perform an ice pick lobotomy at any opportunity afforded to him. I wonder if the incident of the ice pick getting stuck is the first recorded case of medical instrument being left in a patient during surgery you need to find out (laughs) i need to see i need to write that down so i remember so did he kill people oh like people had to die right yeah well yeah like like what the fuck like that is not the safest way to do a lobotomy (laughs) why do we let this keep going on because it kept the patients quiet because they did not have a grand understanding of the the human brain or psychology. So they were using the primitive methods they had created to attempt to subdue these mentally ill patients. It worked. They went with it. Yeah. This guy even, like, he even traveled. There's a case where he went to this family's motel because the patient was too aggressive to 
transport to the asylum. And he had a portable electroshock machine in his car that he used to pacify the patient and incapacitate them. And then he did the surgery on the spot. And the family was so thrilled that they didn't have to pay a hospital bill. It was just the motel bill. I was saying, doctor's making house calls. Is that it? Yeah. Sounds but, fake, but okay. See, yeah, it happened. See, that sounds a lot closer to the lobotomy story I know is these, it's, like I said, we can do a video, but it involves somebody traveling doing lobotomies. Yeah. Well, in the 1950s, you see the end of the ice pick era is what I'm calling it. And lobotomies fell out of favor for the dawn of psychotropic drugs. So in reality, though, Walter Freeman done fucked up and lost his ability to practice medicine. Do you know why? He left something in someone's brain and they didn't oh, that take it away. It. What the fuck did he do? He fucked up Rosemary Kennedy, the sister of the future John F. Kennedy. Oh, you done fucked up. That'll do it. Yep. So they had, his sister was mentally unstable, let's say. Well, she's and, a Kennedy, so of course. Right. I mean, same. <laughs> Well, they thought her instability would jeopardize his political career. So they sought his services to make her more docile. And she was 23 when he performed the surgery, and it did not work. But she didn't die. She had to be permanently hospitalized as a result of the medical malpractice. This is one of many, but one of the most famous fuck-ups that cost him his medical license. And this sad, decrepit man spent the rest of his life driving across country trying to find the patients that actually the procedure worked on so that he could get them to write letters to the medical board so that he could redeem himself. But this was ultimately unsuccessful. He died at the age of 76 in 1972, and he was still heralded as a monster today. So there's your ice pick lobotomies. I'm going to shift gears just a bit, though, back to the long history of visiting the Madhouse for fun, because the community also utilized the asylum grounds. This was the biggest structures in the state. So sane people attended concerts, dances, cotillions, and even high school proms on the premises. And I think you have to have like a morbid sensibility to have a dance a few doors away from literally a thousand lunatics. I want to have my prom there. <gasps> Better yet, can I get married there? Sure. We know I'm never getting married, but like, can I get married there? <laughs> so random fun story that doesn't quite relate, but oh well. I do not have like a cool prom story, but I graduated on Friday the 13th. You know, you're kind of rubbing salt in the wound to all of I was waiting kids. for more from that story, but. Yeah, yeah no, that was, it. it fell flat. And the graduates of 2020 are like, yeah, I got one better. Yeah, that's true. They didn't get one. Yeah, you're going to get one upped on this one. I'm sorry, Dex. I don't care. I just think it's cool. I, like, that's literally the only reason I'll ever remember my graduation. I don't remember mine all that much. It was boring. I remember mine because I cried and I was late. And Why no one came cry? from my family. Because no one came from my family. Because they didn't think it was important. Assholes. Yeah, welcome to my life. Well, the first major community event to establish the viable venue of the insane asylum was a masquerade ball of the upper crust of Weston. Fun, fun. 
So even that Mr. McClandish, who was held up in the Civil War, was an attendance of this masquerade ball. In fact, his disguise was so good that I guess at the end of the night of a masquerade ball, which we don't do today, but they did then, at the end of the night, you would take off your mask and see who you were dancing with and talking to is like the big reveal moment. And he had the best disguise. Nobody knew who he was. The grand hallways were decorated so beautifully with lights, it was described as a fairyland. And they've had events there ever since. In 1870s, people flocked to see the lunatic balls held in the auditorium. So people like that were saying from the community would ha- would crowd in these hallways and the vestibules to see the male and female crazies enjoying a full orchestra. Normally they were kept apart, but this was their only opportunity to fraternize. So couples would disappear until reports came in that naked patients were having happy adult fun time on the front lawn. A good book is a key to emotional freedom. Cast off your shackles, escape the mundane, journey with me to solace, a complex, magical world brought to life in vivid detail with characters you'll both love and hate. Immerse yourself in the lives of Lotus, Mist, Toll, and Greyotch, individuals brought together by a daring quest, an attempted murder, broken vows, and ties that bind. What will you discover as the story unfolds and their relationships evolve? Find out in Strands of Solace, rewoven by Cheryl Sukacek, available now on Amazon. In 1930s, high school football games were played on the Great Lawn, where the original baseball game was held. When players did well, crowds would picnic and they would cheer them on. And a few opportunistic patients even sold sodas to the onlookers for profit. So then they went back to baseball games, too. Of course, I had to find my favorite part, and that was at the Soldiers' Reunion Fair held on the grounds. Old veterans gathered on the Great Lawn, and the local newspaper reported it, and it was reported as follows. Insanity is one of the great mysteries. We have an individual with all of his mental faculties and perfect health, and in a few hours, he may be in a proxism of insanity and then returning to full lucidity. Such cases are hard to understand. During the past week, the insane asylum visited by large numbers of gentlemen attending the fair. It was up to me to escort many gentlemen visitors who exhibited signs of intoxication. They were as much, if not more, insane than the inmates. So... The article was so sensationalized that the asylum had their own regular newspaper in the 60s that announced dances and it had puzzles, jokes, artwork, and patient poetry published. So when patients escaped the sane asylum, they didn't escape. They called it elopement. The patients eloped. And people were constantly leaving their grounds without permission. So you remember all that Victorian landscaping bullshit that held up the construction, right? There was only a four-foot ornamental fence around the property, so it wasn't that hard to scale. But the radio station was very vigilant in making announcements of these escapes. Most of them were harmless, but of course I have a couple that were not. 
So uh, May 1958, a 35-year-old male who killed his parents with a pickaxe fled barefoot in broad daylight. He was very adept at surviving in the woods, so he would hide in these patches of greenery and then pop out and scare people until he was apprehended. He just thought it was fun to pop out. (laughs) Why would that be me? You're the crazy person hiding in the brush. Surprise! You you guys remember that um, thing that happened a couple years ago with the clowns? Yes. Yeah. So my brother was, um, no, my brother-in-law was, I think he was still learning to be a truck driver. He actually, as he was driving a truck, one of those clouds like jumped out and like threw shit at his truck and, and like shattered a window or something. That's awful. Yeah. Clowns scare me. I, uh, clowns do not I think that's me. a common phobia, actually. They're disgusting. They're not disgusting. They brought no. joy to children for decades mm. until somebody decided that they were evil. Nope. Nope. They're Gacy creepy looking. Shit. Listen, not even Gacy, but like, I was going to say, like, <laughs> like, go away. Go away. You're scary. You know when I called you guys in the middle of the night with a mustache? Yeah. I have an idea. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> I'm not going to answer any of your calls. <laughs> if you put a fucking clown anywhere near me, I will cry and I will punch you in the fucking vagina. Actually, I might like being punched in the vagina. That doesn't seem like a deterrent. I'm That's not probably- here to shame. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like the most action I got in the last three months. So you can go ahead and punch me in the vagina. I have further incentive <laughs> to put on clown makeup now. I'm not answering your phone calls anymore. <laughs> Kev, you didn't see it, but for Holmes, I made an argument that the one uh, sketch artist's portrayal of the Ripper that looked like, air quote, Holmes was just I a stylist mustache. Yeah. I did not think they were identical. I just thought it was the mustache. So I bought a fake mustache and painted myself up to look like a man. So I look like what a weird, creepy uncle couldn't just use the face swap app on snapchat no i couldn't find it i was trying no so that looks weird but it doesn't actually, really work for me no, no, it doesn't really hair. work well you know it's funny oh, it worked for me i looked exactly like my brother i mean i looked like myself so maybe i'm just manly they don't know that i used to call you dirty uncle kevin and you're still saved in my phone as dirty uncle kevin it's still my twitter handle yes <laughs> But I looked like that dirty uncle when I called them with this mustache and these dark eyebrows. I'm just saying. People at work still call me dirty uncle Kevin. Because you are dirty uncle Kevin. I am dirty uncle Kevin. Yes. Okay. I'm going to reallocate back to the material. Okay. So August 1967, there was a mass asylum break of nine males. Oh, that's not a mass. They called that like a (laughs) hundred. I was like, yeah, where are they going? Nine? Fuck that. If more than one crazy person I know, like, breaks I had, out. I had the same exact, like, like, oh, it's going to be exciting. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, one of like the a, nine, <laughs> one of the nine snuck into the second floor of an elderly couple's home while they were doing yard work. Did he murder them? He tried to. The older man greeted him with a rifle, however, when they heard that heard him walking around upstairs. 
It resulted in a scuffle and the firearm accidentally discharged. Nobody People was hurt. People say guns don't serve anything. But, okay, look. So nobody was hurt, but the old man managed to hogtie the 22-year-old and throw him back of their coop and drive That's him to the hospital. That's dope shit. Yes. No, I would have just shot him. That man's gangster. <laughs> He's an old man. It's pretty good. He sounded like a badass to me. There are also murders inside the asylum walls. Well, of course there are. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. So there was a patient known as David M. In the, in the letter who had been committed to the asylum for devil worship. He managed to convince another inmate to help him take advantage of a third childlike patient in the men's ward. And he had slated him for sacrifice to the devil. So this poor man was lured up to the third floor where they took turns literally beating the shit out of him until they got tired of that. So then they wound up slinging a bed sheet over the exposed pipes and pretty much tried to asphyxiate him that way by hanging him. Unfortunately, this was taking too long because they sucked at it. So the fatal blow actually came from them dislodging a bedpost and jamming it through his temple. Um, they actually do set- what you got to do. You're not wrong. It's included uh-huh. on the tour. So you actually get to see the cell and the pipes and things of, of where this occurred. Another patient, this sounds like a Brandy thing. Brandy, pay attention. <laughs> Brandy's like, what? Brandy, you guys I'm can't up. see I'm it, away. but like her camera shot down to her face. Like, She's I'm, like, I'm ready. Awake. I'm awake. I'm awake. What are you, okay. what, I'm awake. One patient was found stuffed under a mattress and the only reason they found him was due to the, the foul odor coming from decomposition. Now, wait. In the middle of the night, he had been strangled because he snored too loudly. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh that's yeah. so brandy. <laughs> wait, so story time. I've actually <laughs> hit Brian in the face for snoring. You hit your boyfriend in the face for snoring? I kicked snoring? him in the face. You kicked him? Yes. Brandy, you don't kick your boyfriend. He you was wonder asleep. Why... <laughs> he wonders he why she's it. not married. Listen. No, well, don't no, that's, 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 not, that's not a valid reason for her not to get married because I kick my husband multiple nights while I'm asleep. Oh, no, I was awake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like... Kicking your partner. So backstory, there's no air conditioning in his house. His room is in the attic, so we're on the third floor, no air conditioning in like the middle of the summer. Yeah, so hot I let, can't breathe. Yeah, I, would you let a feisty redhead kick you in the face for sleeping for snoring too loudly? Uh, yes. I mean it doesn't have to be for snoring too loudly. I mean just any really any reason. I'm not gonna complain. It's like as long as a woman's <laughs> touching me, it's fine. <laughs> What can I say? I got a thing for redheads. <laughs> so you miss my red hair then, huh? Oh, so much. I'm so sorry. You can dye your also, um, bald head your, back red. I also no. miss your back tattoo. Oh, here. I haven't seen you in fucking forever. Yeah, here, Kevin. Oh, there you go. See, now that's what I'm talking about. See, this is service right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the show, so I'll show him my back tattoo. It's his favorite thing. It really is. 
So suicide. Yeah. <laughs> no content warning, I'm assuming. Let's do it. Yeah, we're really bad at that. Brandy usually gets me, you know, she goes, oh, kids died, trigger warning, after she's already explained the horrific death of a child. And I'm like, Brandy. But I did it for the dogs. I got really good at it. Yeah, because she knows how I feel about dogs. But, okay, so I'm giving a, if you're sensitive to suicide, trigger warning. Here it's it is. too goddamn late, Steph. No, I didn't tell the story yet. It's not too late. I just it's said the word suicide. So suicide. Yeah, that's the trigger warning. You're fine. Anyway, the Victorian era architecture I was talking about, those exposed pipes were perfect for nooses. So one man managed to also cut his own femoral artery with the bedpost. So I really think they needed to change those fucking bedposts. So... A few people died via bedpost. That's tough to do. Yeah. But also, if you're running in a sane asylum, you don't have things on the ceiling that people can hang from. It was common in Victorian. The pipes were exposed. That's the only way you got the pipes through the thing. They never, they never, (gasps) drop ceiling was not a thing. I guess. The look on Brandy's face is fucking amazing right now. I know. <laughs> yeah, now you know why we missed her last episode. Like, we need her face. This is the entire reason we Zoom. We sacrifice well, someone... audio quality just to see Brandy's reactions. I was saying, somebody has to balance out my ugly mug, so. <laughs> He's hitting on you, Brandy. I'm sorry. He's Whatever. Shameless. Okay, cool. I'm a nun. Saying that somebody's saying that somebody's an attractive person is not hitting on them. It's simply stating a fact. Wait, wait. You want to know something? I flirted with Ecolab today so that he wouldn't mark down all the bad things that were in my rotisserie department. You did not. I one hundred percent did, and I had no shame. The I wanted to. Well, I, I I seriously would have paid money to watch this. I want to see Brandy flirt. I want to see Brandy's so, flirt game. I've never seen it. I've I'm never seen it, it either. But it worked. <laughs> Mine is make it up as I go. It also helped that I wore a push-up bra and, like, no undershirt today, so, like, it was fine. Coach John looked at me, he goes, and I was like, hi. Randy. Stop. And I was like, no. Wait, and then you showed up well-dressed to the podcast? Sometimes you're in, like, a bra and just the, the, the overalls. Listen, I have a, I have a crop top on. There you go. Crop top. Crop top. I'm cold. Let me be. I have a too large uh, tank top. You went on. from suicides to crop tops, ladies. I just want to remind yep. you. Well, like, we went from mangala to lasagna. <laughs> it rhymes. Mm. I'm okay. trash. This is why we love Brandy. <laughs> okay. So, Victorian estate asylums, the staircases had. Are good for suicide. Oh, yeah. Fatal heights. They're good for jumping. <gasps> Fuck. One person also managed to climb up to the iconic, iconic, not iconic, iconic clock tower and leapt to their depth before they even finished building it. Okay. You need to drink more or less. <laughs> yeah, right? This, this in-between stage for you is not a good look, Steph. Actually, okay, great. Sound Maiden, if you can edit out the next five minutes, I'm going to go get a drink. Hold on. I'm doing it. Hold on. Hold your <laughs> Hold your horses. This is why her and I can't hang out without a designated driver. It's fair. 
because I have a terrible influence and she has no self-control. We should also she talk mad shit about her until she gets back. Ah, oh, damn, she's back. That wasn't five minutes. I was I'm really gonna disappointed. Say. Okay, resume. And that's how I ended up with a plunger up my ass. <laughs> Wait. Oh. oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> I need sound made to cut everything out. After Steph says cut this <laughs> until he says plunder up my ass. Did you make me go get a drink just so you could do that? No, it just yes. worked out really well. <laughs> <laughs> now we know why I love Dirty Uncle Kevin. <laughs> it was not apparent in the first episode. It's right now. This is why. <laughs> it took me an hour to get warmed up. What do you want from me? All right, so we need more foreplay before Kevin comes on the podcast. Got it. Hi, I understand. Mm. Okay, so my favorite story of a patient suicide. And it probably shouldn't be my favorite, but it is. Okay, so there was this new female patient that just arrived to the psych ward. And she was finally dressed because her family was very well-to-do. And she refused to remove her clothes. I guess she wasn't violent and they just went, fuck it, fine, wear your pretty clothes, whatever. Because normally these patients wore these plain dresses, like they were white cotton dresses. So when they escaped, it was really easy to pick them out, right? And these men wore flannel shirts with the numbers on the back, so you could pick them out. Not quite, not quite the orange jumpsuits of criminals, but you could tell, right? Anyway, so she's in her normal clothes and there was one of those lunatic balls that night where they were dancing and shit and she walked right the fuck out of the building they thought she was one of the patient attendants so she walks out goes down to the town and buys a shit ton of lighter fluid and comes back no yes she dumps the cans on her and lights herself up like a fucking christmas tree i don't know why she came back to the hospital to do this but she did i get it (gasps) Yep. I can't explain it, but I get it. Mm-hmm. I think it takes a lot to set yourself on fire. I should have worn my Rage Against the Machine t-shirt that I was planning on wearing. <laughs> Kev! It's their cover art for their album. What do you want from me? It's perfect. Okay, so winding down now. The asylum area... Area. Good God. I'm so sorry. Era? Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm not. The asylum era came to an end because of antipsychotic drugs, which I have been on. However, um, okay, so the big breakthrough was Thorazine because it helped people suffering from these delusions and hallucinations. So instead of beating the devil out of them, all it took was one pill to reduce these disturbing behaviors. So patients were returning home quicker, um, and you were alleviating those overcrowding issues. And the drugs were easily accessible. So you didn't have to go to the same asylum to get them. You could get them at halfway houses and shit too. And people were integrating back into society faster. And then in the 60s, you see cognitive and behavioral psychoanalysis. So we see my buddy Carl Young. We've heard me talk about him before. But his analytical psychology gained wide acceptance. The nation saw a rapid decline in these institutionalized insane persons because of outpatient therapy. By the 1990s, asylums had basically become drug and alcohol rehabilitation centers, um, and the Weston Hospital for the Mentally Insane was falling into disrepair. 
and it was way too fucking expensive to fix. So it officially, like, it had, by the 90s, moved to the central building, and then by 2011, it had been completely closed. But this makes me want to talk about Billy, or Nellie Bly for a moment, because she was talk. I, I found her story after I toured the hospital. Do Yins know who Nellie Bly is? No. Not specifically. Actually, they're erecting a statue to her in Pittsburgh, our hometown. She's one of ours. Just well, are we go. proud of this or no? We are. Let's go. Okay, good. So Alana Winters from American Horror Story, her character was based on Nellie Bly's career. For 10 days, Bly, who had been born Elizabeth Cochran outside of Pittsburgh, lived side by side with women who were suicidal, violent, and psychotic, as well as perfectly sane women who were mistakenly confined in these institutions. She went undercover to expose the deplorable. She went undercover. Yes, ma'am. Deplorable conditions of Blackwell Island in New York. And she wrote a book called 10 Days in a Madhouse, which was a huge expose. 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 Yes. Just like Alana Winters did in the same in, in American Horror Story. So her book inspired the Rosenhall experiments. Anybody want to take a stab? They sound familiar, but I've told you about them. I have told you. Okay. I love the Rosenhall experiments. This is my favorite. Ready? This also contributed to the downfall of institutions. Brandy's face. Okay. Okay, Ready? Okay. (laughs) So Rosenhall saw Bly's expose or something at some point, right? So she, she went undercover and, and patient. So he sent a group of pseudo patients into 12 psychiatric hospitals in five states. What they did was is fake mental illness. They said that they had hallucinations to get themselves inpatient. And then as soon as they were admitted, they returned to normal state and no longer complained of hallucinations, right? But they were forced to take drugs um, until they, uh, they, okay, so they weren't allowed to be released unless they admitted they had a mental and uh, mental deficiency, was diagnosed and given drugs. So the, the Rosenhall releases this information, right? I sent fake people into your fucking hospital and you made them take medicine anyway. You couldn't fucking tell. Once the hospitals were notified, they were like, dude, fuck, give us another chance. Now that we know that they're pseudo patients, maybe we can weed them out ourselves. So let's, I need redemption, right? So Rosenhall warned these hospitals that he would send 100, another 193 patients that weren't actually sick to their hospitals. It was their job to find them. The hospital reported finding 41 of these pseudo patients, but then he laughed at them because he actually never sent a pseudo patient at all. Asshole move, right? Proud of him. Yeah. So that being said, I'm going to get a little, little serious for like, a moment before I hit the paranormal aspect of the asylum. There is still a mental health crisis in America. This is still a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to seek treatment a couple Christmases ago because I was having a little bit of a breakdown, right? Because I suffer from bipolar depression. And nobody that I called had an opening for mood disorder patients. 
it was actually faster. I did the math for me to go patient inpatient for two weeks and come out with immediate appointments with a psychiatrist and a therapist than to wait the six to eight month waiting period for me just making a phone call to try to get an appointment with somebody. Six to eight month waiting period. I could not get an appointment for six to eight months. But if I had decided to walk into a psych ward for two weeks and put my job on hold, I could have had an appointment, which is insane. I didn't do that. But I, I waited. It was awful. Even now, even if I had gone inpatient, trying to wait for a bed is impossible. Like they're in such high demand. Sometimes they don't even have a bed to take a patient. And without insurance, a stay in a private facility can cost upwards of $30,000. So you have to be on Medicaid or have really fucking good insurance. Problem is, is that many minimum wage employees make too much to qualify for these benefits. So they can't afford to Mm -hmm. go inpatient. Or get the therapy that they need. Even with like, even with insurance, one of my therapy appointments was $60 an appointment. This is going on today. Mm-hmm. And states yeah. and hospitals still do not have the funding. And if you do manage to get a bed, it is only to babysit yourself from harming yourself or others or to detox from drugs. It has not changed. And, and hey, no- I was going to say, there's, <clears throat> there's also still a very large stigma around mental health and people with mental health. Like it's not widely accepted as an actual condition that people have it's still looked upon as oh you have a mental health problem there's something wrong with you you're not normal you're an outcast mm-hmm. so a lot of people even if they they have they you know need to go seek help they're too terrified too for being judged mm-hmm. <clears throat> what's awful is if you do there's not a lot of good therapy and it's hard to get medicines and there's high rates of relapse. It's, it's, it's sad. It's really sad. I mean, I took charge of my mental health recently and thank God for new applications that are being designed and things like that. So I can take therapy appointments for my house. I got a video appointment with a psychiatrist within a week. Thank God to some of these things, which is great. I mean, we're improving, but the problem is still there. Even the app, people like I was mad I couldn't get like a therapist on the phone if I was having a breakdown I had to wait for another week for my appointment and they're they're taking information from the patients to improve the apps and things and make mental health more accessible but the problem is not fully solved but on that that that's the that's the mom talk we're we hit it let's move past it but before I do that I'm a huge advocate of mental health and same part of, yeah. So part of our social media, I have been putting stuff about people who are abuse survivors or are suffering from mental health or whatever. And I'm high functioning. I have a job. I have kids. I have a family. I have a podcast. I, I'm functioning. But I want to be a, a resource, right? A highly interactive podcast. But if you need support, if you need somebody to talk to, like we're highly accessible on social media. You know, we're I'm here. I'm a great listener. Actually, Brady is. She, she listens for me half the time. Kev's the other half when I get I drunk. But I mean, you got drunk on my couch and we all just made the bed for you. We were like, let's go. Oh, yeah. She, she, her therapy is great. Her therapy is get drunk and sing Frozen's and eat pizza. It's perfect. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely perfect. perfect. Okay. So the fun stuff with the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. It was bought, I can't, I can't think of how long ago, a couple years ago or whatever. So they buy it and... They're remodeling it. So every penny of the proceeds from these tours and from this book, if you buy the book from their website, again, this is not sponsored. I just love it. 
goes back into the asylum. They are buying period pieces and recreating them throughout the entire hospital and slowly restoring it. I thought you were going to say period feces. I was very confused for a second. Yeah, I, I thought that's the direction I thought we were going to. Like, it's not the first I like, this time. Is, I'm like, this has got weird. <laughs> oh, that's where it got weird. <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought the two aliens were bad. Now I got three aliens. Okay. <laughs> but they do offer ghost tours. So let's oh, get so into the ghost sure stuff and get me, away from them. You still want me to come back in the future? You can come hey. back in the future. Kev's fine. A He's quick we just note always before, mess with her. Yes. A quick note before we move on to the paranormal. Um, I don't know if this happens specifically in Trans Allegheny or not, but I do know a large part of the problem in a lot of asylums and sanatoriums uh, for overpopulation was because it was not just used for the mentally unstable. It was used for uh, violent criminals and mm-hmm. overpopulation in prisons, as well as for the physically handicapped. And then that added to a lot of the overpopulation problems you saw. Yeah. Well, plus two, right? Women, right? If your husband didn't like you, he could just say you're crazy. And oh, yeah. That's send too. you down there, too. So you could get out of a bad marriage just by using the local sanatorium. It's nuts. I'd be stuck in there. Same. <laughs> but not because my husband okay. put me there. Mm. No, Ryan would put me there. I mean, I mean, you kicked the man in the face. Why I was just going to go there. Listen, he fucking deserved it, okay? He snored. He deserved it. Also, yeah, I think we're glossing over the part where she kicked him instead of just hitting him. <laughs> listen, no. So <laughs> I hit him first. It didn't do anything. <laughs> so then I kicked him. I think, I think that's the part of the story we're really glossing over here. So I I understand to some degree where where Brandy is coming from. I do not know if I would have done the same actions, but I understand oh, no. knowing the situation, the aggravation of it being hot and muggy and disgusting, and you want to sleep and you can't. No, I get all I well, I, I, that I get like, all that, but the fact that she then moved in such a way to be able to kick him in the face—that's just too much work. Yeah. I have long legs; it's not hard. to I was going to say, and he's a short guy, so this is not a difficult feat for Brandon. Well, I don't know your life. I met you an hour I'm ago. Like, he literally has no idea. I met you an hour he's ago. Five, like five. <laughs> Hi. I'm a and I'm Brandy, you missed an opportunity to welcome him to the shit show. Oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> you got to practice for the next guest, okay? I need you to okay. be on top of that. But next time I meet you... I'm gonna welcome you to the shit show. <laughs> I, I've known Steph for ten years. I'm I'm already there. <laughs> like I have the memory of Dory, so I'm gonna be like, "Hi, who are you?" <laughs> okay, ghost tours. Okay, there's three cemeteries on the premises, so over twenty the twenty theses. <laughs> Guys, you gotta quit saying the feces because it's getting in there. Okay, it's, it's subliminal and out drunk. Of there, not in there. Yeah, right? <laughs> like why would it go in? That's gross. You I'm not here problem. to kink shame. I'm here to kink shame. <laughs> you, like, like, I said, like I said, you do you or somebody else with their consent. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. 20,000 people died on the premises between 1864 and 1999. So it's haunted as fuck. So Brandy, you think you're haunted ass bitch. This is a haunted ass place. I need to place. go. Right. So now, you know, the theory, right? Because all that death and destruction or whatever, it's a portal now. So you got mm-hmm. ghosts, you got demons, you got the shadow people, all that shit. Uh, there's eight known spirits that out of the thousands, there's more, but these are identified as reoccurring eight uh, from paranormal investigators. Staffs reported seeing apparitions of nurses, doctors, and patients roaming the hallways, and sometimes disembodied screams can echo through the vacant hallways just to get that picture set up for you. So on the tour, I have a thing about doors. Uh, anytime I seem to be in a haunted space, my eye goes to a door and this happened on my honeymoon. That's a different story. But in the asylum, I was snapping doorways. They're, they're portals, right? They're liminal. It's a transitional space, right? They are the portals between two rooms, two spaces, and even the veil. Okay. I just have a thing about doors. So I snap a picture of a very unassuming door. Like, there's no reason to fucking snap a picture of this door. But I snap it. And I find out later at the end of the tour that that is where you walk through to start the ghost tours. So I had a bit of a, a, a intuitive moment, if you will. But the big, the big ghost that I keep finding on all the YouTube videos, uh, her name is Lily. And she's a little girl that likes the old Civil War section of the hospital and she knows she makes herself known visitors several ways she likes to tug on your clothes and things like that but they have toys set out for her in the section so she's really big at playing with people and rolling balls across floors and shit like that it's not uncommon for ghosts of younger residents to haunt the upper floors sometimes following visitors through the building and even coming home with them follow you home no yes it could be a little girl um no mm -hmm. no Uh, i'm not okay with that mm -hmm. uh catherine saw the little girl when we when we went on the tour she was tugging on me she was tugging on my shirt and she goes mommy mommy i see a little girl i'm like we're on the tour there's people whatever it's fine just shut up and i'm trying to listen well, I wasn't that rude to her, but in my head, I was like, I just want to hear the tour guide. And I'm like, okay, honey, that's nice, blah, 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 blah. And then I watch ghost investigators on YouTube identify this little girl as Lily. And I'm like, holy shit. She, she might it's actually saw her. susceptible. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. I also walked out of their ghost shit. Ghost sick. Did I, I, got, I told you girls about ghost sick before, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's common in Native American and Mesoamerican traditions to say ghosts cause depression, but ghost sick is like this earth-shattering apocalypse upon your soul. And I had to follow their advice with the smudging in the bath to even remotely feel better. So Maybe that's why I was so miserable in my last apartment. Maybe. It's haunted? I mean, it was extremely haunted. We caught all those EVPs. Oh, in your apartment? I thought you said yeah. department. I was like, wait. At no, work's... my last apartment. No, but you do have a ghost story at work. This is how fucking haunted you are. This is how much you're a haunted yeah. ass bitch. Yeah. What happened? So in the cafe, I have um, like command hooks because it's how I hang everything. I have six command hooks with everyone's name tags on them. And Chris, the one guy that works up there at night, saw one of the name tags 
fly off the wall and land in the middle of the floor. And when he went to pick up the name tag, it was mine. And he was the only one in the entire department. So, like, it's fine. I'm just haunted and people hate me and I'm going to die. So, yeah, it's great. Haunted ass bitch. Remember, though. I mean, if you keep, 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 you keep kicking people in the face, they're going to hate you. Listen, but I'm cute, so it's okay, right? I am saying the fuck out of this conversation. <laughs> well, you're a female with tits, so yeah. I mean, you know, barely. Brandy, though. It counts. No, Brandy, look, listen. If you're gonna die and it's your time, you might want to start planning your forever ghost outfit now. What? what? No. Yeah, because whatever you die and whatever you're wearing, it becomes your ghost clothes. So you might want to start picking your outfits out more carefully. God damn it. Oh, I could have a lot of fun with this. Now I'm just gonna wear a prom dress every day. Oh, I could have so much fun with this. Justine, you can't come to work naked. I don't want to come to work naked. Oh, oh, you know what? I'm Normally, to popular belief, I don't like being naked around people. Oh, look at the time. Oh. I gotta go. Okay. <laughs> I do. Miss, uh, we're going to revisit this ghost outfit one more time, but hang in there with me. No, hold on. <laughs> hold on. So I'm going to wrap up this episode on the fact that the ghost adventurers on the Travel Channel were locked in for a night. They did a live special on Travel Channel of the Trans-Alleghany Lunatic Asylum. So it's on the internet, but I fucking hate Zach Baggins, so I have not watched it. Why? Listen. Wait. <laughs> you tell me, and then I'm going to tell you something, and that's fine. Go ahead. Okay. There's, there's a volley of information going to happen. When I saw him on that fucking island get scratched by the demon, you know, come and get me, demon! <laughs> Fuck you. That is not how you come at ghosts. The ghost hunters never did that shit. And you're doing a shock and awe campaign on your stupid ghost adventurers for ratings. You're an asshole. You're purposely being disrespectful and a loud mouth to get the fucking ratings. That's stupid. Fuck you. You're not a real investigator. You're a joke. Hate Zach Baggins. Hate okay, him. totally He fair. actually fucked up one of my investigations without even being there because the investigator that kept fucking up my investigation loved Zach Baggins so much so he thought he knew more than me and he thought he was the better investigator and completely derailed my... I have a whole video on YouTube of him fucking up my investigation of Hillview Manor because he fucking loves Zach Baggins. So I even got dicked over by a fan of his. No, fuck you. Fuck you, Zach Baggins. You can take your little chiseled chestular shit and die. Can I talk now? Yes. Yes. Okay, so like, you know how Zach <clears throat> always forces um, his one co-host guy into a room by himself? Aaron. Aaron, no. He goes, okay, Aaron, you're going to go in the most haunted room by yourself and I'm going to run away now. <clears throat> I just want you to know that that's me and Justine. Yeah, I was going to say that's me. <laughs> Like, when we were supposed to go do Hillview, you both were like, we're going to stick Justine in the worst room. We're going to put her in the morgue. We're like, listen, um, and I'm just sitting there like, listen, it's fine. I will hide in, like, the cold thing they put the dead bodies in. But, like, that's me and Justine. Like, hey, Justine, go stand in that room by yourself. I'm going to lock you in for an hour. Have fun. Bye. Well, unfortunately, since uh, we're not doing Hillview Manor now because reasons because reasons yeah we're just gonna go with that we had a falling out with our hookup for hillview manor does not mean we will not go ghost hunting in the future however it is the present and i need a phobia 
Got to start winding yes. it down. Fear of ghosts or lobotomies or ice no, no so comophobia. N O S O C O M E phobia. Fear of hospitals. Oh, I know. So, like, are you afraid of hospitals? I am. I hate Maybe. them. You know, I um, had a baby in record time, Evie, in record time. I was in and out in the hospital in under 72 hours because of how much I hated the hospital. They were like, fuck, we never have anybody out this fast. I'm like, uh, look, I got up and ran a mile. Let's go. It's time to go home. I'm fine. I probably should have a fear of hospitals and doctors, but I don't. No, a hospital feels like a second home to me, and I'm just like, I can sleep here. I can do whatever. It's fine. So if I ever get trapped in a hospital, you girls are coming with me because I'm going to freak got the fuck out. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, ever since my childhood, it's just kind of a way of yeah. life for me. Brandy knows the feels. Because mm-hmm. so, our bodies hate us. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> All right. Trying to wind it up so Sound Man doesn't have a fucking two-hour episode again. Yeah. Not sorry, not dare. sorry. But I'm not letting you girls pick a number this time. Fuck you. Yeah, because apparently yeah, I was we gonna pick sixty eight. We did we did sixty nine. Yeah, but then it was supposed to be ninety six because of inflation. Right. But we didn't do sixty eight. <laughs> <laughs> we did not, but I've decided to write a new non offensive dare. So we have hundred and one non offensive dares now. Okay, ready? I'm not, fuck your number, random numbers. I'm I'm making a new one on the spot. This is my new my new dare. You ready? You can't do that. I oh I did because it's my thing. <laughs> well, the I'm gonna dare. kick you in the face. <laughs> Randy, you're not gonna have friends for very long if you kick everybody in the face. <laughs> you won't be my friend anymore. I didn't say that. I said you're not gonna have friends for very long. I didn't say anything about me not being friends with you. <laughs> I have a Polish schnoz. I bleed easy. So all you got to do is like poke me in the nose and I bleed. It's like, it's not same. Good. It's fine. Okay. Dare. Ready? Okay, my darling witches, it's time for your weekly non-offensive dare. You must be a Patreon to participate so you can earn points for your house. Each month, the house with the most points gets to vote on weekly non-offensive dares topics of future episodes, and so much more. Each week, once you've gotten your dare, you must safely and creatively complete a post on social media so that we can see that you've done the task. You can tag us at Twitter at Macabre Academy, or you can tag us on Instagram at The Macabre Academy, and you must include a hashtag with your house name to obtain the points. The world is a fucked up place. These dares are designed to bring silliness and random acts of kindness into the world. You must safely complete your dare. If you are unsafe, your points will not be counted. You can also earn additional points for your house by being the first to submit episode corrections to us at themacabacademy at gmail. Dot com. Also, if we use your ideas or stories in a future episode, more points may be awarded. Let's return to the podcast to see what your weekly non-offensive dare will be. I dare you to post your forever ghost outfit on social media. Prom dress. 
I love yeah, that. It's Dare 101. <gasps> so I promised my sister originally 100 episodes, but now she's getting 101 because this is the 101th Dare. Post your forever ghost outfit. Hmm. Social media. I'm also accepting TikTok now. So if you tag us properly on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, one of those. Tag us with a hashtag at your house. You get the house points for Patreons. I will take all three mediums for your forever ghost outfit. Now, normally I ask, when I have both girls here, I ask, what did you learn? But Kev, it's your turn since you're the guest. What did you learn? That apparently acceptable to kick people in the face when they're snoring. (laughs) I, I was unaware of this. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to break this one out tonight in bed. <laughs> out of all that, that's what you got from the episode. It's okay to kick people in the face when they're snoring. When, only when they're snoring. Only when they're snoring. You have, you have to have that caveat. Otherwise, it's just assault. <laughs> oh my god! god. If it makes you feel better. He didn't wake up. <laughs> He just kept snoring. Then you need to kick him harder. Well, yeah. That somehow doesn't surprise me. You're perpetuating the snore, the the, the snore violence. Listen, it's tw- yeah. listen. Twenty twenty is already a dumpster fire. What does it? What does it matter? Facebook today. You got blocked on Facebook today. How did you get um, blocked on Facebook? Because what did you do, Brandy? It was totally worth it. So this bitch posted wrong facts about the Black Lives Matter protest shit, saying that they vandalized the Vietnam War Memorial, but it really happened in 2016, not in fucking 2020. And all I did was post an article in the comments saying, no, bitch, you're fucking wrong. So she tagged me and she goes, what are you, the fucking fact police? Yes. And then I was like, I mean, you're just spreading lies. And like, you get mad when anyone lies about like Trump or anyone else. So, like, I just think it's fair. And then she goes, bye bye, and blocked me. Perfect. Let's end here. Proud of you. (laughs) Don't block me on Facebook. Oh, did you guys see what's coming next? Wait, hold on. Next is, oh, it's supernatural. It's our super. No, I meant like in 2020. No, I want to end the podcast. I want to end the recording. I do this every week. End the recording. Don't keep the call going. Yes, that's what we do every week, but they never let me end it. They're like, hey, guess what? Chicken soup. Hey, guess what? My left titty. And then it never ends. Friends. Although did everybody? I don't did think I've ever say, "Hey, guess what? My left titty." But okay, <laughs> I really want did to you know, know that the murder hornet says, "Nope, the fuck out." They're like, "Ah, oh, you guys are too fucked yes. up. We're out of here." <laughs> like they laughed yeah. for what a week. They looked at America and went, nah, you, "You guys got enough shit going on. We're out." Thank God. Okay, bye. Bye. I thought that's what was gonna take me out. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> Kev, you gotta say bye. Bye. Fucking rude. Bye, bye, bye. (laughs) This podcast was brought to you by Nerdy Witch in partnership with Sound Maiden. We want to thank all of our wonderful Patreons. For updates, please follow the Macabre Academy on Facebook. Remember to like, share, and listen exclusively on Buzzsprout. Soon, we'll be available wherever you listen to podcasts.